Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rise and Grind. My name is Sam Calmer, and I'm with Bricksmore Property Group. Um, thank you guys for joining us virtually today for our uh, typical Rise and Grind meeting. We have a special guest with us today, John Hurst of the Retailers Association of Massachusetts. Um, before we begin, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Northmark Capital and Barlow Signs. Also want to let everyone know that this video will be posted to our website after the, uh, the meeting, www.neretaildealmakers.com. Um, and yeah, let's, let's get going. Um, I'd like to introduce John Hurst. John is <clears throat> the president of the Retailers Association of Massachusetts, has been since 1990. The Retailers Association of Massachusetts, I'm just gonna say RAM, so I have to say that every time. Uh, is a 4,000 member statewide trade association. As president, John has founded and led multiple initiatives like the Mass Retailers Merchants Workers Compensation Group, as well as the RAM Health Insurance Co-op, which was the first um, health insurance co-op uh, sanctioned by the state in 2012. John has served on several state advisory boards and has led the public advocacy for retailers in Massachusetts. John, thanks for joining us today. Morning. Uh, thank you, Sam and everybody. Uh, welcome. Thank you for the invitation. Um, let, I just, a uh, little background, more background on RAM. Uh, we've been around since 1918. We were created really um, by, at that point, key leaders in the retail community, really in Boston area, you know, whether it was, you know, Filene's, uh, um, uh, you know, Filene's, Jordan Marsh, um, uh, Descends of Diamonds, you know, uh, you know, just some, some key um, larger and smaller uh, stores that were based in Boston. And, and uh, they, they grouped together to um, speak as a one voice for the industry, really for public policy pur purposes. And over the years, we, you know, we grew, we, we uh, went statewide. Um, you know, we became more diverse. Uh, today we are, uh, you know, certainly, um, uh, you know, have a lot more small businesses uh, in, our, in our membership than uh, we did even two decades ago. Um, still today, uh, the big national chains, whether it be Walmart, Target, or, you know, based here in Massachusetts, the TJXs, the Staples, um, the BJs and so forth, um, you know, join us uh, really for public policy. Um, like a, a, a lot of you uh, work together to, to try to impact a good public policy. Uh, you know, we have done that uh, for, for decades now. And it, uh, But uh, what brings a lot of our small businesses into the fold in the members, uh, into, into our membership are a lot of the services that uh, Sam mentioned, you know, whether it's group buying for health insurance, workers' comp, uh, credit card processing, and the like, T trying to uh, level the playing field for them to try to make them a little more um, equal, you know, so to speak, in some of the fixed costs, uh, you know, versus their larger competitors. And, and that even helps out our chains because, you know, in a state like Massachusetts, which is uh, politically pretty progressive, let's all face it, um, it... Um, you know, it helps, frankly, to for our elected officials at you know state levels, local levels, and so forth to hear from owners of small businesses, even more so than a vice president or uh, a president of a, a large chain, um, because everybody supports, at least they claim to support their main streets. They claim to support their small businesses, uh, and um, you know that helps uh, uh, a, a great deal on public policy. Uh, obviously, um, but today, um, our, our small businesses, but also our large businesses within the retail community, retail and restaurant. I, and I should add, we, you know, our 4,000 members, we, we probably have uh, close to 20% of our members are also restaurants. So we, we have a lot of restaurants, uh, whether they be quick serve and, or fine dining. Um, but uh, Today, obviously, a lot of these businesses are on the edge. Um, and in fact, at this point, we don't know uh, definitively how many have, of our members have, have closed their doors already because of the pandemic. 
Um, you know, frankly, that's something that maybe I, I, there aren't any real organized efforts on, on how to track this. And, and that's something I've had, uh, it's been a frustration of mine and maybe it's something that we can and should work with uh, the real estate industry on. Uh, you guys, a lot of you guys are on the front lines and hear about it, frankly, before we do. Oftentimes we don't hear from our members that they have closed, you know, gone dark, closed up. Uh, until maybe uh, the next winter when we send them dues invoices um, and, uh, and or their mail starts getting returned. Um, but but look, I this has been a very challenging time for our members. Um, I, there's been, I, I've been in my position 30 years. I've never uh, seen a more challenging time uh, for our organization, for our members uh, and, and in public policy. And, and uh, uh, we've, we have been trying to serve our members uh, the best we can, um, and and you know from every every week some of the priorities have changed. Back in in March, a lot of the priority March and April, the, a lot of the priorities were were focused towards our essential members. You know those being our the grocers, uh, pharmacies, hardware, uh, convenience stores. You know so, some of those that never appliance sellers. Some of those that you know were given exceptions to um, the shutdown and and uh, you know we worked with them just to make sure that uh, they could operate uh, at, at levels that um, uh, they'd never seen before and, and a lot of them were um, were, were slammed because uh, a lot of folks you know ended up for you know as we all know going to the grocery store or other locations to, to hoard whether it's toilet paper or hamburger uh, um, and, and some of that uh, uh, some extent uh, and supply chain issues are still, you know, certainly out there for a lot of our members. As time went on, you know, we, uh, and things settled down a little bit for the, our essential members, um, you know, as far as occupancy levels um, and, and, and other rules and regulations uh, on sanitation for their employees and their customers, we've shifted our focus more towards our non-essential members and um, and in our membership, um, you know, our, our membership probably came down pretty much 50-50 on so-called essential. Some folks, even some of our restaurants considered themselves essentials because we, we did um, here in the Commonwealth and in most states, uh, a lot of restaurants uh, were allowed to operate as we know, uh, you know, with, with limited um, abilities, curbside, takeout and the like. Um, so some of them consider themselves essential, um, uh, but our, our membership came down to about 50-50, and, and uh, the ones that we came to be most concerned about and still are concerned about to this day are the ones that were shut down, really had no income whatsoever from uh, the days that their doors were shut. Uh, they were forced by government policy to to not serve the customers, um, uh, and whether it was a clothing store, a jeweler, um, and 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 in many cases we in Massachusetts probably went overboard versus other states, um, and and were very very strict on some of these these policies, um, including prohibitions on uh, for stores. Um, no one could actually be in a closed store other than the owner. Uh, so what, what did that mean? That meant that uh, if you were, we had members like Marathon Sports, uh, you know, uh, 11 stores in the state, um, but the owner couldn't clone himself and be in 11 stores to, um, to even take internet orders, phone orders, you know, ship out uh, running shoes to, to, to customers. So what did that do? That shifted a whole lot of spending to uh, to these things and, 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 and get people to, to spend all too much money on the internet and have things delivered uh, to their front doors. And, and, and we all know in, in most cases of those important consumer dollars, uh, more often than not, leave the state, leave our local economy, as opposed to being spent uh, in our shopping districts, on, on our main streets and our, in our shopping malls. Um, so we, we had to do, we had to advocate very strongly to allow um, fulfillment, in-store fulfillment, whether it was by you know, phone orders, internet orders, um, 
cur curbside pickup. Ultimately, we got. Uh, we even had um, a situation going into Mother's Day where our technically our florist shop members uh, couldn't be open. Um, technically, they could not um, uh, be. I think we, we went through all those horrible funerals, and we went through Easter, and, and we were we got up to into Mother's Day, and and technically the only way a, a florist shop could operate would be if if the owner was in there taking phone orders or an internet orders doing the arrangement and then doing the delivery. Uh, you, you see the inflexibility that, that uh, a lot of it was arbitrary, a lot of it was not economically based. And uh, it, was, it was a struggle. Uh, and in many ways, Massachusetts was, you can look at it a diff, uh, in a couple of ways, maybe mo the most anti-retail state in the country or perhaps the most cautious um, you know, on, on, on dealing with COVID. And, um, you know, now that things are better, you know, we have our, our stores, even in restaurants at a, you know, roughly 50% occupancy and, and most are nowhere even near that. Um, you know, let's face it, I, you know, I was talking the other day with one of our big, um, big national chain members that, you know, is in the home improvement area. And, you know, they, they typically, they, although they could be at 50% occupancy, um, you know, they're at, typically about 2% occupancy. Uh, you, you think about, you know, the fire code and, and how many people you can have in a facility under the fire code, 50% occupancy, it's actually a very high number. Uh, even one person per, um, or I'm sorry, eight people per um, 1,000 square feet uh, is, is relatively a, a good operable number. Uh, what you're seeing, however, though, is a whole lot of um, cautiousness, you know, both, you know, by the store uh, management and their and, and on behalf of their their employees, but also really more importantly on behalf of the consumer, that really the the traffic and the demand is nowhere near what even government could allow uh, would allow for for folks to get back in and into these facilities and and, and to shop and, and design and survive and. In our office uh, in downtown crossing area of Boston, our 11th floor um, building, you know, we could have a, we could be at 50% occupancy, but I, I, the management says, um, you know, typically including employees, there's about 10 people uh, in this uh, in this building, and and that and that reflects a, a lot of what's going on, um, and, and it will probably be going on at least um, uh, through Labor Day and and. Um, you know, we're looking at ways to um, make sure that the customer feels, customer and our employees, equally important, feel more competent and, and more willing to spend their mo money locally in, in these facilities. We, um, even the thing, even issues like face coverings. Early on, that was very much a local, municipal, town by town uh, type of uh, mandate. Um, and, and our members, uh, it wasn't like they were opposing the requirement, but they did oppose uh, requirements put upon the employee of a store or restaurant that, that they have to confront and, and um, uh, you know, push a customer, customer's always right, right, uh, to, to put on a, a face covering. That, even that thinking has evolved. You, you've, we've all seen the, the press this week, you know, you have big national chains. Uh, you know, from Walmart on down, you know, BJ's uh, came out this week is similar, um, you know, mandating uh, and, and therefore, you know, putting some onus on their employees, something that they don't like to do because it puts them in a, a tough position with their, their customers. But it is important. It is important that we don't back step. Um, you know, it's important that, you know, our customers feel comfortable coming in and spending their money so they'll come back in again. So even that area really has evolved. It's, it's, it's been, we've been in unprecedented times. Um, you know, the thought process of our industry and our objectives have changed um, as time goes um, on. And I, you know, we're, you know, today uh, our members uh, report to us that 91% are open. Uh, however, uh, of those, I would say that, um, 
nearly half are not open to the extent that they could be. Uh, whether they're a restaurant, maybe they're still just doing outdoor dining and nowhere near as much indoor, or maybe they're just doing takeout. Maybe they're a, um, uh, I was in Salem the other day, a local bike shop and wine and cheese shop, which are both members of ours. They're both still doing curbside uh, uh, customer service where they were essential. Both were essential. They could have had uh, customers inside their venues nearly all along. But, you know, again, they're, they're being very cautious because their customers are being cautious and their employees are being cautious. And, and uh, you know, look, the, the sales, uh, it, it is, you know, it, it's very concerning. Our, our members have reported that um, you know, only 7% of our members have reported flat sales, flat to uh, increased sales for over, uh, over 2019 for the, the same period. Um, you know, the- uh, What kind of businesses are those, those tenants that are in reporting those increased sales? Well, they tend to be what you would guess, right? Uh, you know, those would be food sellers, uh, uh, alcohol sellers, you know. Um, uh, now the Targets and Walmarts don't typically uh, supply data to us, but you know, you can, we, we know that those types of discounters that have food uh, and also had a lot of other products that people either had to go clothing and the like would have to go on the internet to buy or because of the, you know, other actual shops were closed, um, you know, they had a dramatic shift. Um, but, you know, look, our, our uh, 80% of our members reported um, sales reductions between 25% down and 100% down uh, versus in the same period uh, last year. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, a lot of them have been on the edge. Uh, they're, they're looking to about whether they have to change their, their business model. Um, you know, more and more looking to, uh, particularly smaller stores, uh, do more online, uh, looking to do curbside, to do delivery, to, to lower their, their, um, their footprints, a number of outlets. Um, you know, all this has uh, certainly a lot of implications, um, you know, for, uh, you know, a lot of you folks. And, uh, uh, our, our members, um, 86% reported using the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program. Uh, they viewed that as, as, as a lifeline. It wasn't exactly as helpful as what they had hoped. They had hoped uh, they were counting on business interruption insurance. That never happened, we all know. Um, uh, the PPP did help uh, enormously, though, although we all know the strings attached there. Uh, you know, on payroll, and a lot of them didn't have any payroll because they were under government mandate, they were closed. Uh, so the pain points, uh, particularly those that didn't have any sales, were frankly uh, continuing rent and or mortgages, um, continuing uh, demands for payment for inventory from suppliers for inventory that they were prohibited to sell. And a lot of it was, uh, with each passing week, uh, becoming you know, out of season, um, and um, and you know, and, and a continuing to pay for for health insurance and, and the like. So, so those are the pain points. Uh, they they continue on. Um, you know, we're you know we continue to have uh, also concerns about getting employees back. You know, that six hundred dollars extra UI uh, each each uh, month uh, or each week. Uh, which could, which continues to the end of this month, and their discussions to extend it. That's a problem for getting fully staffed back and, and uh, attracting good employees back. Um, um, and uh, you know, we're so we're we're looking at you know um, what can we do to help these members. Um, you know, are there things that the government can do to help them? Uh, you know, we're, we will have a sales tax holiday. It's going to be later than it normally is. Um, uh, it's going to be the last weekend of, of August. That always is a good enticement to customers, particularly tax sensitive customers to come out and buy or higher end goods. Uh, hopefully at that point, people will feel comfortable and we'll uh, go into the stores and, and, and buy 
uh, back to school items, buy, buy appliances, buy uh, yard items, uh, furniture and the like. Um, uh, but we also need to remind folks that it, you know, we know they have options of where they spend their dollars and they, they consumers represent 70% of the economy. It, it, it's important that they, they shop like jobs depend on it because they do. And, and um, you know, it's important for uh, our, our main streets, it's important for our, our shopping areas, it's important for commercial property taxes and, and, and the like. And, and um, you know, we um, probably all, the, the retail community, the development community, the real estate industries probably need to be working more hand in hand going forward on some of this, uh, uh, you know, to um, bring the customers back, bring the investment back, um, and, and frankly, to fight bad public policy. Um, today, the Massachusetts Senate is doing a transportation bond bill, and, and part of that bill would create uh, the option for cities and towns to do local taxing. Uh, now, you know, if, if those taxes for transportation, now if those taxes were for, you know, uh, vehicle excise taxes, maybe gas taxes, something that there was a nexus, a connection with transportation, that would be one thing. But, you know, uh, the two biggest options um, for them to tax would be a local option sales tax, uh, which we view as, as very deadly because we, we, we border New Hampshire. Uh, sales tax has always been an issue in Massachusetts because of New Hampshire. Virtually every consumer in the state can the one-hour drive or less to New Hampshire, uh, tax-free shopping. We still have not 100% fixed the internet. Uh, we, we've done, gotten, we're 90% there, but we may never totally fill uh, close up all the loopholes that allow some internet sellers to sell into Massachusetts sales tax break. Um, so the sales tax, uh, that's a scary thing to have all of a sudden, not only a, a rather high statewide number uh, for both um, you know, tangible goods, but also meals, but then uh, to also have a bunch of cities and towns raise um, that even at a higher level. And another, the other option, another major option besides um, vehicle uh, excise taxes and so forth, um, is property tax, and and you all, you and I know um, what happens in Massachusetts on property taxes, uh, probably more so than most states. Uh, we virtually all cities and towns have both commercial rates and residential rates, and the commercial rates are far uh, higher than residential rates. And if you start giving them local options to raise additional revenue for transportation uh, efforts, uh, you know that commercial property taxes are going to be the brunt of, of those taxation efforts. So uh, that's something, if, if any of you know your state senator or, you know, would want to get on the phone after this Zoom is over or do an email, um, I would encourage you to do that and, and ask them to support uh, Amendment Number 230, which would delete that local option uh, package, or 230 and or um, 239, which would delete the sales tax as an option. Uh, under those uh, that local uh, taxation scheme. We much prefer what the, the Massachusetts House did, you know, more, you know, statewide revenue sources, uh, you know, reasonable increases in the gas tax, reasonable increases in, in, in things like uh, Lyft and Uber type of fees um, and, and the like, you know, statewide type of spending, um, you know, that could be equitably uh, distributed uh, amongst our cities and towns uh, as opposed to, you know, frankly, the have and have nots type of uh, cities and towns would be more likely uh, to have cities and towns than the, the uh, have nots would be more likely to raise those taxes. Um, uh, and, and those are a lot of the cities and towns where a lot of you have uh, facilities. So. Um, that I'll leave it at that. Um, I'd be happy to. I, I would also be very interested in getting some feedback from all of you. I, you know, I, I know a lot of our members have been looking during this period for some some help from their landlords. Um, our, our surveys show roughly 50% of them have had some help. 50%. That means 50% have not. Of course, if you're a essential business, uh, you probably don't need as much. Uh, maybe not any. Uh, uh, help, but if you're a non-essential and, and you've been closed, 
um, you know, there's, you know, a real feeling that there needs to be um, uh, some help there, whether it's uh, renegotiation or, or abatements or, or uh, switching to, uh, you know, percentage of sales. Um, and, um, you know, and that, even though they're now under government ability can be open, we all know the sales have not recovered and probably will not uh, for weeks or months to come. So with that, uh, Sam, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thanks, John. That was very informative. Um, appreciate you joining us today and giving us some insight. Um, Michael, I'll kick it to you and we can roll into our, uh, our typical meeting. You want to do some Q&A, Sam? Are there any questions? Are we yeah, yeah, any questions out there? Maybe as a question, just uh, hit the raise your hand button and we'll uh, queue up your audio. And I've got just a couple of things, John. So it's really interesting how you're talking about how you're communicating with your members and you're getting this really live feedback as to what they're up against. But then on one side of it, you don't know how some of your members are doing. So it's, I could see what you're up against with trying to gather all this information. You mentioned surveys. So are you sending out email surveys to your members regularly to get feedback on, on what they need help with and what they're experiencing? Is that how you're getting that data? We are, uh, Chris, we've been doing um, survey monkeys uh, since the beginning of this, this process. And uh, at this point, the last one we did was the beginning of, of uh, was about, probably about a month ago, uh, mid-June. Okay. We need to do another one, uh, get a, you know, a, a little bit of a, a additional, more uh, a current temperature of where they are. Um, and, and we're trying to, you know, get out there and talk with them and call them and get whatever feedback we can as much as possible. But, but look, they are under the gun. It's hard to sometimes get, they get their attention and, um, um, you know, and, and, and that's, that's a factor as well, but it, it's, you know, it, so, uh, if, if some of you have, uh, you know, whether they're, they're your clients or, 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 or whether the landlords that are also your clients have. Um, you know, input and, and things that we should be doing collectively, um, you know, we would welcome that feedback as well. I mean, it's really a delicate balance as we work with uh, tenants that are in some of the shopping centers that we manage because you've got to find the path that's going to allow them to survive and hopefully succeed. But then on the other side, we have landlords who have mortgages to pay, you know, have uh, responsibilities to their employees and to keep up the properties and pay the property taxes. So it's created a very interesting dynamic. And to some extent, we've seen a first wave of negotiations and, you know, discussions with tenants. And now it's continuing because everybody was focused on April, May, June, but now here we are in mid July. And like you said, you know, depending on the business, some of these people aren't even close to 50% uh, capacity. And I think the restaurants will probably hit harder because they need to occupy you know, 80, 90, 100% of their restaurants to be able to hit their sales quotas versus a retailer that you know, is never going to have their store 100% full, right? So um, it's, yeah, it's a very fluid situation. And um, you know, I'd, I'd love to hopefully get on your email list and figure out how we can you know, track what's going on at your level. And then another piece that I've seen through the International Council of Shopping Centers, which we're all mostly members of. We actually would have had our big conference this week um, at, at the convention center in Boston, but it was canceled this year. But we've noticed, you know, they've got a very good automated system where if they want to lobby to, um, you know, congressmen uh, or, or state senators, I mean, they've got an ability where we just basically click a button and it sends a message out and they do that, you know, membership wide. And it seems like it's been pretty effective through this process, um, getting the attention of some of these lawmakers. Yeah, we, we work pretty closely with ICSC uh, on, on the state level and, and national level, as well as NIOP, which are more of the office and industrial property type of, uh, but also some retail um, developers as well. And uh, it, it's important that we all work together on, on a lot of this public policy uh, issue because uh, you know, uh, and, and frankly, look, I, I mean, we have a lot of landlords ourselves within our membership. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of stores also uh, own their building and maybe lease out some additional space to others. And, and 
um, all these issues, we, you know, we all need to be pulling the order together. Uh, and we do have, like ICSE, we have uh, the, that type of system. In fact, we uh, utilized that this week, Chris, to ask our members to contact their senators about this local option uh, uh, tax uh, scheme on, on sales tax and property taxes. Great, glad to hear that. And then I just had a question about your membership base and how it might have changed. Um, you know, we're seeing a, up until this point, we've seen a lot of medical, dental, entertainment, fitness, you know, all these different businesses other than hard goods retail uh, and restaurants. Have you started to see your membership increase with those types of businesses? Uh, interesting qu question. The answer is yes. Um, there were there were some um, retail slash services type of groups that we just in the, in the past never would have even considered bringing into our membership uh, in, in the past uh, because we didn't want to get too all-encompassing, too too broad, and, and look at all sorts of different issues too much on our plate, so to speak. But look, the industry is changing, um, and and um, you know. Five years ago, we didn't have Amazon as a member. We have them today. Um, um, and, you know, uh, there were times that, you know, we didn't have, um, um, you know, uh, uh, restaurants. Uh, we had quick serve, but not fine dining. Uh, we didn't have convenience stores. Uh, didn't have gas stations, gas, uh, you know, uh, auto service. Uh, we've, we, uh, we see it as, you know, look, if you're selling a good or service today, um, you know, from particularly if from a fixed location, but also, you know, internet, uh, you know, because you got to kind of blend those things together now. Um, you know, we, we recruit and actively uh, take those types of uh, companies on as a member today that, you know, wasn't the case uh, a decade ago. John, has that impacted your strategies for advocacy for different types of tenants advocating for a soft goods hard good retailer may be slightly different than your advocacy efforts for a restaurant or a fitness tenant um it, it hasn't yet uh, michael uh but i you know look i, I mean uh, the the reality is that's that, that's one of the reasons look i we're there are lots of associations out there right um, and, and even a lot within the retail community, there's, there's a food association, which are just food stores, but also wholesalers and, and manufacturers. There's a New England Convenience Service Association. There's, uh, you know, there, there's other more homogeneous type of groups. Uh, we are very broad, um, uh, where, you know, again, maybe 25 years ago, we were primarily chains, um, you know, and, and there was some question about whether, well, you, you, you know, are, are you going to have conflicts if you bring in the mom and pops? And today, are you going to have conflicts if you bring in internet or, or services? Um, we, we find that conflicts are, are relatively few and far between. Uh, so much of what we do is, is based upon protecting the, the business uh, and their employees from you know, labor mandates from certain tax issues, um, you know, and, you know, we just try to make sure that, that our members can compete uh, with, with the competitor across the street, but also in the next state and also on the internet. And, you know, and, and in that vein, uh, those conflicts, you know, are, 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 are very rare. Um, you know, there used to be conflicts on blue laws, right? you know, uh, decades ago, well, you know, uh, they didn't want the, the department stores or grocery stores to be open, uh, you know, like convenience stores didn't because they were allowed to be open. Um, over the years, we've worked through some of those things. And, and ultimately, if there is a differencing difference of opinion, we come down on the side of the free market, we decide come down on the on the side of the consumer, ultimately, uh, having the decision and the power uh, and because look, the retail sector is the most competitive uh, sector on the face of the planet. And ultimately it's the, the customer uh, that needs to be served and, and the customer, you know, should be right. And, and you know, we, you know, we, uh, that, that is the final uh, decision-making uh, um, 
question out there, where, where is the customer going to be uh, if we have a dis difference of opinion within our membership? So listen, I, let me just say, um, uh, feel free, anybody that wants to, you know, check in with us at any time, I'll give you my email. It's uh, jhurst, J-H-U-R-S-T, at retailersma.org. You can visit us on the web at retailersma.org. Um, uh, and, um, you know, I, and I really appreciate the invitation. I think maybe we need to work, uh, find a way to work in collaboration more in the future. And, uh, and let's talk about that. Well, John, we really appreciate that and, and hope that you'll see, you know, through the next 20, 30 minutes of this call, if you can stay on, you know, the types of things that we're working on, the types of tenants that uh, our group represents and, uh, the types of properties that we represent as well. And, uh, and certainly appreciate your uh, overall uh, picture of what you're seeing out there in, this, in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and uh, in current state of affairs. So thank you very much for all your insight. No, I, I would love to stay on for a little while and, and, and hear what's, what's on your minds and what you're hearing from your, your clientele. That would be great. Great. Thank you. Thanks, John. So uh, we're- uh, Thank you very much. Uh, John, that was extremely interesting, and uh, I'm going to start sharing my screen. I'm going to show uh, two properties here today. By the way, I hope everyone's doing well and staying safe. Um, I'm going to show two properties. One is going to be Riverside Plaza. I feel like I probably talk about this one fairly consistently, but uh, we are trying to get something done here. Uh, so hopefully you can see we do have uh, a number of 5,000 square foot spaces available. Uh, the recent leases that we did secure were Home Goods, Sierra Trading Post, and Harbor Freights. Uh, so Sierra Trading Post not open yet, but a recent comp that did happen in this area was Total Fitness Equipment. Uh, they actually ended up uh, looking here. We were going to be fairly competitive, but uh, the center at Colony Mall was more competitive. They were relocating from Brattleboro. Uh, just so everybody has a recent transaction in this area, that was about $11 a foot for 4,000 square feet. Uh, it was a five-year term. They got two months free, and uh, they got $15 in work. The other property, which I am going to talk about just because uh, we're actively marketing this, is the Hilltop Commons in Derby, Connecticut. Uh, we have a 42,000 square foot box, which is pushed back a little bit. Uh, we are willing to get creative with this. So anybody that has any leads, feel free to bring them by. And uh, we're being extremely competitive with rental rates here. Uh, and we will make very aggressive deals. So uh, feel free to reach out to either myself or Brooke regarding this property or myself regarding uh, Riverside Plaza. You're definitely not Travis, but uh, not Danny, Travis. we'll do a okay. little swapping. Okay, um, that's interesting. Uh, all right, so uh, Danny Schwartz on Early Partners. I'm gonna start sharing my screen so I can get proper that I, I would like to talk about. Um, so I'd like to talk about 131 and 145 Mass Ave in Lexington, on the Lexington and Arlington line. Here's our property that we have here. And we have a couple of spaces that are available. Uh, spaces that are available, one um, on the screen is the 1,898 square foot space. That is a former laundromat. Um, it's gutted, so we have a lot of flexibility for what we can do and what uses we can do there. Um, as well as we have a 725 square foot former restaurant space. Uh, available as well. That could be a you know, great takeout restaurant, um, local takeout restaurant space or whatever we can, we can fit there as well as we'd be open to different ideas there as well. And if you guys have, have anybody in your network, whether it's, you know, an architect, uh, someone, a financial advisor, uh, someone within your network, uh, we have a second floor office space above the Busa Wine and Spirits space, which is about 2,300 square feet, uh, about five, five offices, reception area, and a kitchen. So if you guys have anybody in your network that would be interested in taking that space, it is available as well. 
and that is the copy that I have available for you guys. All right, All right sorry. technical difficulties, apologies. So I'll keep mine short and sweet. On the landlord new property we're working on in Stoughton, Massachusetts, 490 Washington Street, the small strip with Anton's and Sherman Williams. After 30 years, the landlord is getting the end cap space back. It's about 1,100 square feet right up on the road. A really good space. So if you have a small shop, tenants looking in the market, send them our way, please. And on the tenant side, Tropical Smoothie Cafe, we have two active requirements, one in the Walpole and surrounding areas, and also in Peabody, Danvers. They look for about 1,500 to 2,000 square feet. These days, a huge preference of traffic drive-through, but we can take in liner and cap if one is not available. And that's it for me. Uh, Woburn, we have a couple listings. I think I mentioned one, but um, the Pier 1 and the Kimco Center, we're getting back. And then we can also potentially downsize Kohl's. Um, so we can have up to probably 30,000 square feet or so for two or three ten tenants. Uh, we can also do an ATM on the pad. Um, so if you need banks doing ATM programs, reach out to us. And then on the other side of the market, across from Target, we have the Toll Brothers project um, under construction now, delivery late next year. Um, two spaces, about a 3,000 square foot cafe type space, and then a 7,000 square foot um, full service restaurant space. We're getting the brochure done now. Um, Enfield, Connecticut, uh, the Regency Center there, we just signed Burlington Coat. Um, they're taking a few of the spaces, Walgreens and Pier One, and combining them. They'd be open next year. We're close to signing a Skechers deal. Um, that should be signed in the next week or two. And then we have a couple small shop spaces left. On the tenant side, Bob's Discount Furniture. Um, they have a new small store program they're looking to roll out, eight to 12,000 square feet, mostly urban markets or some of the key suburban markets like Burlington. Um, so if you have high profile sites that could work, let me know. Um, and then Planet Fitness, we still have our two franchisees, one the greater Boston area, um, and then the other one north of Boston, Middlesex and Essex counties, um, close to a deal in Lowell, and then uh, they're looking to take any gyms that don't reopen um, or just need 18 to 22,000 square feet. And that's all I got. Thanks, John. Thank you. All right, good morning again, everybody. Uh, thanks for being here. I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen. I can pull this up. Got a few uh, interesting things to talk about today. Um, first is over in Saga, 600 Broadway. I know uh, last uh, meeting we talked about how this space had come available. It's a former mattress firm. Uh, we actually uh, did get a lease signed there within the last month with a company called Bay State Physical Therapy. They took 3,300 square feet on the end cap, which uh, we're very excited about. Uh, the space has been demised, and now we're focused on the last 1,618 square feet. Uh, Bay State Physical Therapy is working with district real estate advisors. Um, they were great to work with, and we got the transa transaction done uh, pretty quickly. So I think that's a, a good sign that that's a category that is looking to open up stores. Um, so, uh, you know, let us know if you have anybody that might be interested in 1,600 square feet. Be great for a service user. Uh, we do have ample tenant improvement allowance available. Uh, we have enhanced brokerage commissions for uh, brokers that are representing tenants. So uh, definitely be in, be in touch with us if you have uh, anything there. Um, and then the second property I want to talk about, this is a new listing. It's in Peabody, Massachusetts. Um, the uh, site is right on uh, Sullivan Street and Andover Street. Uh, this is actually a former gym source location. It's 3,000 square feet. I believe they've closed all um, of their locations. So that has come back to this landlord. Uh, we can actually demise it down to 1,500 square feet. Um, so it does provide a very visible um, option for retailers that are looking in this particular market. Um, this uh, particular location sees about 40,000 vehicles a day, and it's right near the North Shore Mall. Uh, and again, it can be subdivided. Um, so that's Peabody, please keep that in mind. And then uh, another deal that got done recently, which we're very excited about, 
um, is a restaurant um, deal with As Good As It Gets Cafe. They have leased the former Bickford's, which is on the pad in Acton, Massachusetts, out in front of Nagog Park, which is um, really a very large office park, an Avalon apartment community, and a shopping center. Uh, Bickford's had shut this location down temporarily as part of COVID, and we were able to find a, uh, a tenant that came in to take over their lease uh, because it was not a location that Bickford's was planning to reopen. Um, so we do have a couple more availabilities here at the shopping center. If anybody has any uh, tenants looking in Acton, we'd love to talk about it. And uh, that's about it for me. Good morning, everybody. Um, I am in the car, so I apologize. There's going to be the uh, limited eye contact. But um, I'll start off with a couple of listings. Uh, first one's in Meriden, Connecticut. Um, so right on I, uh, Interstate 691, which connects 84 and 91, which are the two major intersection, uh, interstates in Connecticut. Uh, Rob Robledo and I just brought the Macy's, the former Macy's, the Meriden Mall to market. Um, it's 800, uh, sorry, 180,000 square feet on two floors. Um, and again, that's part of the Meriden Mall. Um, so it's got other, some of the other tenants are Dick's Sporting Goods, um, Boscov's, uh, H&M, TJ Maxx, Best Buy. Um, so it's available for sale or lease. Uh, in terms of uses, we can do retail, department store. Um, we can also do uh, medical type uh, users like hospitals, uh, office users as well. Um, so if you have any big uh, big box retailers or, or other users, um, feel free to reach out. Second listing is in Norton, Massachusetts, uh, just off of 495 on Route 123. I mentioned this a few times before, but just want to give everybody a quick update. Um, project and the construction is coming along really nicely. It's going to be 860,000 square feet of industrial and office space uh, in the back of the development. And then up front, we have uh, up to 40,000 square feet of retail that we can do. Um, so we can do a couple of couple pads. Um, we have some flexibility on sizing and location of those pads. Um, but they will have access to a uh, signalized intersection on Route 123. And again, it has access right off of um, 495. The last thing I'll mention is a tenant requirement. Um, I mentioned it last time, but we're working with a national gas station group, um, and uh, they're going to remain confidential. Um, I may have mentioned the name last time, so just erase your memory if you remember. Um, but reach out to me and we can talk about it. Uh, they're looking in southern New Hampshire for an acre uh, minimum, prefer be an acre and a half to if possible, um, but. Uh, they will look really anywhere from the Massachusetts border up to Concord, Rochester area. Um, so any, any land sites you have, and they prefer to buy, but... Um, can... I'm not as uh, skilled as Josh zooming and driving. So, let's see. Screen share working? There we go. Okay. Now you can hear me, right, Michael? Um, yep. I want to talk about 55 Dodge Street in Beverly. We are getting the Be Good space back. Really nice built out uh, second gen restaurant space. All the food tenants do really, really well here. So would love to backfill that with another, another food user for here. I'm gonna just breeze through all of these properties quickly. Um, Amherst, New Hampshire on, on Amherst Street 101A. I'm getting the GNC space back. They, they've indicated that they're closing this and um, as I've gone BK. So it's 1,500 square feet uh, right here on the NCAP. Um, really nice, clean, crisp space. Would love to backfill them in Amherst. All along the lines of food in Epping, New Hampshire, I have a second gen sandwich shop. Hammersmith's sandwich shop is uh, about 2,000 square feet. Again, built out for food. Would love to backfill with QSR. Um, I also have the Olympia Sports Space here, which we do have the potential to do a drive-through. Um, so queuing would come this way and 
pickup window would be here. Would love to, um, again, either through tenant there as well. Um, if not, it is uh, built up for dry retail, clean crisp build up for there on the NCAP 3,500 square feet. Chelmsford, um, Mass on Drumhill Road. I talked about this last time. Um, Applebee's, when they expire in February of next year, we can take back the space and we're looking at reconfiguring the whole front area of this and doing um, a couple of different things with the pads. But Duncan's right now, this is 3,500 square feet. We could reload them, do, do a whole pad site here, do some small shops here. So lots of different things that we could do here. Um, after last last meeting, I got a bunch of emails. So as soon as I um, can figure out our budget here and how we're gonna be putting all the tenants, I'd love to get some deals going for here. This is awesome visibility right on Drumhill Road in Chelmsford. Another pad site I have in Malden. Uh, right here, it's a former Eastern Bank right on Route 99, uh, the on Broadway Plaza, 60 Broadway. The existing building, we would knock it down, deliver a pad site, uh, perfect for a bank or another um, food tenant as well with a drive-through potential. And I think the only other one I'll mention, Medford Mass, I can take back our subway space. Again, another second gen food space, um, 1,930 square feet at Townline Plaza at 295 Middlesex Ave. Um, right here would love to again put food back in there and then I do also have a second gen medical space Iora Health 6,000 square feet um, right next to Crunch Fitness and Omni Dentics and would love to backfill with another medical user here. Hi guys thank you this is Dan from Blackline Retail uh, great to see everybody uh, I will try to share my screen Let's see if I can find. Great, so a couple of things. First, I just wanted to uh, mention and thank the people on the other side on a couple of deals that we recently signed or opened. Um, we uh, are under construction on a new Dollar Tree in Atwood Avenue in Cranston. Um, the store will open in just a couple of weeks. Thank you for the people that worked uh, on that on the other side. Also, we opened Starbucks on a freestanding pad site uh, on Route 1 in Foxborough at Patriot Place. And thank you for to Atlantic Retail, who's on the other side of that deal. Um, the first availability I wanted to talk about is uh, Sturbridge, Massachusetts. Uh, we have 11,000 square feet available next to Michael's. The center is relatively strong and been around a while, and I think people know it. Um, the second thing I wanted to mention is at Patriot Place, uh, a couple new things happening here. We opened an e-gaming um, uh, place in 24,000 square feet called Helix. It's attached to the Showcase Cinema. Um, we also, as I said, opened the new Starbucks freestanding right next to CVS. And we're gonna come to market with a new pad site that's adjacent to the Starbucks that we've never marketed before. It's gonna be about 4,500 square feet um, directly on Route 1 right next to the new Starbucks. Um, so I wanted to mention that. Um, in Salem, New Hampshire, uh, on Route 28, we have the former AC Moore. It's 24,000 square feet, um, right next to Bed Bath & Beyond and Market Basket, which is a really, really strong um, piece of property. Um, in Swansea, Mass, um, we're leasing a supermarket space that will soon be vacant later this year. Uh, it's currently priced right. It's 30,000 square feet. It's on 58 Swansea Mall Drive and right next to Dollar Tree. Um, so full turnkey supermarket space will be available later this year. Another, um, I'm going on a junior anchor box team here. Um, we have a former Planet Fitness space in Manchester, Connecticut. Um, this is called Burr Corners Shopping Center. It's a 300,000 square foot shopping center with at home and pilgrim furniture. And right on the end cap on Buckland, is this 18,000 square foot um, former uh, Planet Fitness. Uh, also, I wanna mention in this shopping center, um, thank you to CBRE. Uh, on the other side of the deal, we signed a lease and have Goldfish Swim School under construction in about 8,200 square feet. Um, they should open in the next few months. And on the tenant requirement side, I just wanted to mention that we are representing Aqua Tots. 
which is a 6,500 square foot swim school. Um, we have a tour next week in Metro Greater Boston. Um, so if you can think of any spot where a swim school would do well, um, where we can dig down below slab to, to put in a pool. And we generally need some decent density, uh, probably about 30,000 kids under the age of 14 within a five mile radius. So it really means it's kind of a dense area, um, certainly inside 495. Um, that's all I have, thank you. Uh, hey guys, it's Josh with Blackline Retail. Um, just share the screen. Okay, the first site I'd like to share is uh, Gloucester Crossing. It's the uh, Market Basket Anchor Center in Gloucester, owned by Sam Park and Company. Um, I wanted to let you know we had a, a, a liquor license available here. We're really looking for a great restaurant. Um, obviously, there's a lot of established business in downtown Gloucester with seafood, so maybe some sort of like a tavern, sports pub, um, next to Home Goods. As soon as you go around this um, entrance roundabout, uh, we can do a great elevated facade here and some outdoor seating. Um, and again, there's a liquor license that runs with the property. Um, heading over to Raynham, Massachusetts. Um, we have an oversized mattress firm that we can take back up to 4,600 square feet to go in line there. We have a Pro Cuts uh, second gen hair salon space for 1,400 square feet. Um, looking for another operator, either local or a franchisee or some national to, uh, to backfill that. And uh, as far as this lease pending space, I can now announce that Aroma Joe's took our end cap drive through. Pretty excited about that. Um, and to head over to Stoughton, another second gen uh, hair space. This was a hair cuttery and a very um, high performing Walgreens shopping center on 138 in Stoughton. So again, any um, hair users that could backfill this space or open other uses as well. Uh, this lease pending is going to be with Jersey Mike's. I did that with uh, Pat Gallagher at Atlantic. Um, they're pretty active right now. And one last space I wanted to talk about is in Lawrence in Plaza 114. Uh, the really busy America's Food Basket Marshall Center. We got back an 8,000 square foot restaurant and um, uh, 8,000 square foot restaurant that was an Asian buffet. Um, try to backfill that. I know 8,000 is a big space for a restaurant these days, but um, we'd be open to other uses as well that don't conflict with the other tenants. Um, and that's what I have for now. Hello, everybody. Um, hope everyone's doing great out there. Um, just wanted to speak once again. We're uh, back in action and looking for new properties to buy. Um, we're especially looking for the areas we consider the HUD areas, like Brookline, Newton, Cambridge, Somerville, Needham. Uh, minimum deal size, 3 million, no max. We'd like to be in the five to $25 million range. Uh, 30 day due diligence, close 21 days thereafter. Uh, we know a lot of you third party brokers out there who are on the call, all deal with lots and lots of landlords. So don't forget to ask them that question of, hey, besides leasing the interest in selling, so we can write you a nice big six figure commission check. Um, and that's where we're at. We're just back in action and looking forward to hearing from everybody. That's it. Thanks, Rick. Welcome. Sam Calmerton. Hey, everyone. So I talked about Lynn Marketplace last meeting, but I want to talk about it again because we've recently signed a lease with a local Hispanic grocer called Stop and Compare. They had a location in Chelsea and Lynn. This will be their third location known as Campare to the locals. Um, so we'll be putting them in half of the former Shaw's box. I'll take this side and I have the remainder to lease here. Um, 20,000 square feet. We could subdivide, do some small shop. Ideally we would do a fitness user and a part of that because I think that's a need for downtown Lynn. We're right across the street from the uh, commuter rail and there's a large multifamily development um, being finalized right across the street as well. So it's a great site, super dense, not a lot of retail. Um, we did this uh, renovation a couple of years back, put on a new facade. Most of the tenants do really well here. So we have high hopes and Lynn in general just has significant development happening right now. So it's, uh, it's an interesting market. 
Um, the other one that I wanted to discuss was uh, Westfield Mass, Westgate Plaza. Uh, we have a good shopping center here and we've signed a lease with Aldi. Aldi will build a new box on the end cap here. Um, pull that up. So as part of the Aldi deal, we're getting approvals to build a pad in this area right here. And, um, you know, I'm looking for a pad user, ideally for a ground lease. So we'll have all of our entitlements needed. Just need, uh, just need the tenant. So if anyone has any ideas, let me know. Thanks. Hey everybody. Um, I'd like to talk today about our center in Canton, Connecticut, um, the shops at Farmington Valley. This is a, uh, a kind of um, grocery anchored lifestyle center that we have um, just on the border with Avon, Connecticut. We've uh, been able to do some digging into our customer base and have found that we have a really, really loyal customer coming here. Almost all of our customers are coming um, almost every other week, about 30 times a year. And that group is also really has a high income, about 160,000. So we're looking to add some you know, uses to the center that are oriented around the daily needs customers have. Our fitness does exceptionally well. Um, our cycle bar is one of their top in the country. Um, looking at stuff like anything from residential real estate offices who wanna be able to have a place to meet with their uh, customers who are already coming to the center or want the visibility of the, of the foot traffic. Um, banks, uh, wine shops, furniture, you name it, anything that really would do well in a type of environment of food also doing well, um, anything that would do well in the kind of environment where you have almost a downtown kind of space um, because this is what this center really serves for this community. Um, I'm also working on our center in uh, Hadley, Massachusetts, just by uh, UMass Amherst. Um, this center, we just completed a development um, brought 110 Grill and L.L. Bean um, Orange Theory to the property. And we still have some space available to do QSRs or, again, daily needs, wine shops, that sort of thing. Um, it would do really well, especially with uh, the Whole Foods customer we're bringing there. And that center is, is really, as it is the only Whole Foods in Western Mass, pulls from that entire section of the state. So a lot of possibilities use-wise in either of those properties. Um, so really interested in, in bringing that daily needs kind of uh, customer and, and highlighting, um, you know, taking advantage of them already being at the centers. Morning, everyone. Going to talk quickly about Legacy Place in Dedham um, and Market Street in Linfield. I'll start in Dedham with a quick update. Uh, we're under construction on a 11,000 square foot West Elm property, which is exciting to be bringing that um, to Legacy. Peloton is moving next door to a larger space. They're under construction now, should be uh, reopening shortly, and we are backfilling the uh, former Peloton space with Indochino. So excited to get another uh, digitally native brand on property. Uh, still working to lease the former Cadoba. Uh, 2,400 square foot second gen space, um, ideally replacing that Mexican fast casual use, but uh, open to any, any food there. Um, and jumping over to Linfield, we will be getting back a great space, just shy of 1,400 square feet. It was uh, Anna Shella, a fast casual operator out of the South End, nicely built out spot easy for a local operator to come take that over. So that's a new vacancy that we have there. And if anybody has anybody interested in either property, uh, we've got a few other things going on. So feel free to reach out. Thank you. Yep, I'm on. Thank you. Um, hope everyone's doing well. I'm just gonna talk about Derby Street in Hingham real quick. Uh, we're looking for beauty services ranging from about 1,500 square feet to around 3,000 square feet. We'd also be open to some boutique fitness operators um, and dry retail in the area as well. So if anyone has any interest in Derby Street, please reach out. I'm happy to talk about some availabilities that are coming available soon. Thanks. All right, everybody. My turn. Um... 
I want to talk about a couple different properties. Uh, first and foremost, Burlington shops at Simon's Park. Uh, new construction. Pretty sure you've all heard me talk about this ad nauseum. But uh, we've got the restaurant NCAP available here with a liquor license, full patio available. Recently signed a lease with Cambridge Savings Bank for two spaces over from them. We signed an LOI yesterday with Burn Boot Camp for 4,000 square feet uh, in the back building. We have a lease pending with a massage use for um, space right there. And then we've got umpteen other spaces that were actively in negotiations for and would love to hear if anybody has any tenant requirements in the area. Moving next to Wareham, Wareham Marketplace. Now uh, this is an Aldi anchored center on 28 in Wareham right by the WS project right here. Now uh, recently signed a lease with Jersey Mike's for space in the outbuilding here. We have a lease pending with UPS and then we've got one space left in the middle that's, uh, what is it? Um, I think it's 1600 square feet. Love to talk to anybody. And then we've got 3000 square feet in line there. Busy shopping center. And then lastly for me, Groton. We signed a lease with Dollar Tree. This is the Shaw's Anchored Shopping Center on 117 heading towards Townsend from Littleton. Shaw's does great. We've got a couple different opportunities. It's about to be connected to town sewer. So we that kind of opens up the floodgates for a bunch of different types of uses. Dollar Tree is doing really well here and love to hear anybody's thoughts. That is it for me. Hello everyone. Good morning. I'm going to share my screen with you. All right, so I got two properties I want to tell you about. Um, two spaces actually. We have um, a restaurant opportunity at our Stop and Shop and Burlington Anchored Center on Route 9 in Westboro. It was a former Simple Greek. It is turnkey, ready to go. Um, uh, the other restaurants, and we can't do Italian, we can't do Indian, uh, but we can do a lot of other uh, options over here. Um, the tenants report good sales, Chick-fil-A crushes it over here. Um, so yeah, call me on that one. The other opportunities in West Roxbury, we are getting back our fit workspace, 8,700 square feet, 8,750 on VFW Parkway with Pet Supplies Plus and Town Fair Tire. Both of these tenants report solid sales over here. Um, so if you have anyone interested, we would love to talk about it. We would also split this space uh, in half. Um, might get tricky, the bathrooms are in the back right. There are some showers available. Um, but uh, plumbing could be an issue if we were to move things around. Um, but yeah, as is, it is a good opportunity. So feel free to reach out on those. Thank you guys very much. See, well, that was an interesting presentation by John Hurst. Um, glad we get to hear his perspective from his members in Massachusetts. You know, obviously, all of us are working on multiple different markets throughout New England and, uh, and see all sorts of different things happening depending on where the, the shopping center and the business is located. But, um, but yeah, I think uh, we all got to stay positive, continue to try to generate uh, deals to lease some of these spaces that are coming up as available as, as much as we can. So um, we'll, we'll definitely continue to have these calls. Sometimes they'll just be round tables. Sometimes we'll have a guest speaker like John. Um, our next call will be Thursday, August 20th. And uh, we'll plan to have that again at 9 a.m. We're starting a little earlier before people's days uh, get going too much. Um, but if anybody feels strongly that we should be having these calls uh, earlier or later in the day, you know, we'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. So um, thank you all very much. And we look forward to connecting again soon.